0: For me, growing up, I didn't ever see uh, transgender people as someone that I want as someone that I wanted to be like. Mm. Much as I might have been one growing up, I, and much as I am one, I'd never um, remotely wanted to consider that as an option for me. Yeah, wow. going and having a, a sex change was the scariest concept in my mind. Mm and then by the time i started transitioning and made the decision to go through everything it was like well of course that's who i am it's obvious now mm. uh, no one ever gave me this flavor i kind of believe i can't believe i was so afraid to try this flavor of ice cream
1: hi guys this podcast explores the importance of our connection well-being and mental health to reason with someone is to motivate them to do or accept topics ideas and issues through discussion and having conversations this podcast is for those that want to raise their awareness, change their perspective, or just have a good time. My vision is to help people find reason to live, to grow, and to understand. I do that through this podcast as well as counseling individuals that want to help themselves. No, no, no! Well, rough on him no, he needs to know! I just think he's gonna talk and it's gonna make a lot of sense. Hold her. Wait a minute! Something that back! One man. One podcast. Three, two, one. It's time! Season five. Super pumped. This season, I'm only going to be interviewing women and heroing their stories. Starting with the transformational, the transparent, and the authentic communicator, Shay who is a modern agent for change. As a woman of transgender experience, Shay is boldly reinventing her existence by relinquishing the offer to be shaped by expectation. Instead, choosing to create from a place of deep knowing. Shay allows for the unique and honest unveiling of her journey through her podcast, Shay Unfolding, and the continued advancement of her model career that began in October 2019. Prepared to break some rules and ambitiously challenge attitudes and traditional bias, Shay is activating the true meaning of inclusion. Consider this your front row seat to the emergence of her most authentic self. Here is Shay Hartwell. All right, Shay, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you, Jackson.
1: I'm super stoked to have you on this little podcast of mine and I'm just going to get straight into it. Who the hell are you and what are you about?
0: Uh, well, firstly, my name's Shay. Um, Shay Hartwell, and I'm a transgender fashion model based out of Sydney at the moment. And I guess more importantly, how do we know each other is probably of interest to people. And we actually went to school together. Mm-hmm. Um, An all boys school, and yeah you've been following my journey for a little while um, which has been going on for about three years and you invited me here just to have a chat so mm-hmm. I'm at the very early stages of building a modeling career I would not say that I have any notoriety or anything like that at this stage but I'm certainly working my ass off um, every day in the gym and alongside my manager mm-hmm. so we're at the very early stages, so hopefully this will be something one day. This interview will be like a nice little milestone. Yeah. Um, before before the big snowball starts to roll. So yeah, I'm really um, yeah grateful to be here. A little bit nervous, a little bit sweaty. Just came back from from boxing, so that's why my hair is absolutely soaked. Um, let's get into it
1: cool well I mean it's 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 awesome I think that's so cool yeah we did we did go to school together old boys school so I guess yeah we haven't seen each other for 10 years, 10 years. and we're saying I guess offline we're like oh what does 10 years you know that 10-year reunion what does that look like and how people would change and yeah, you know, it's a cool example of how people change so yeah <laughs> I guess um I want to I want to pull pull a little bit apart and um you can say as little as much as you want but um, this podcast is all about you know connection and uh, links with our mental health and our well-being. So, um, I guess with that sort of spin on it, what what was what was what's the journey sort of been like?
0: The journey has been an absolute roller coaster. Um, I'm now starting to enjoy it. Finally, I think mm-hmm. I've always looking for something that would make me feel like myself, even when I was at school. Um, I wasn't exactly the most down to earth person when we probably crossed paths. Like we knew of each other. We certainly spent some time together, but I know we weren't exactly in the same immediate friend circles Mm -hmm. um, because I was, I was pretty uptight. Um, (laughs) And to go from thinking that, you know, money and success and fame is the be all and end all of life um, and trying to be something that I wasn't and Mm -hmm. trying to live up to, else's expectations and not just those around me but rather the expectations that I had learned unconsciously that society had placed on me I guess Mm. um, growing up as a male and going to the kind of school that we went to so for me it was really unpacking this idea of well, why aren't I satisfied yet why aren't I happy why don't I feel a sense of of purpose and momentum in the morning Um, Mm. Mm. and I wasn't someone that just kind of gave up I've been someone my entire life who's just knocked on doors consistently and thinking like, oh, maybe this is the thing. Uh, it started out as corporate finance and then that merged into in, um, you know, venture capital kind of interests, entrepreneur kind of interests. And then parallel to that kind of world led me to um, self-development and trying to know myself. And I became fascinated with this concept of know thyself Mm. And it's like, who the fuck am I? Like you asked that question at the start, like, who am I? And I can say that comfortably now, but that's not who I am. That's just a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, at the moment, I'm this this fashion model and I happen to have a transgender background, but that's not all that I am. And it's certainly not something that was easily discovered either. Mm. Uh, So for me, it's been this constant journey of knocking on the different doors and trying different porridges kind of thing to use goldilocks analogy yeah and there was just this big looming dark secret in the back of my mind that i kind of knew the answer was maybe an answer but i was so afraid of it mm. like petrified of it um and it started to surface at the age of 13 completely yeah. in secret like going to school none of you guys remotely knew that i had those kind of thoughts Um, But every night I'd go home and go back to the boarding house and I would have these kind of, you know, fantasies and visions and of who I really was and what I wanted to be and what I wanted to experience more so. Um, And fast forward, you know, a few years out of high school, finish uni, go and get a degree, go into the workforce, decided I didn't like the corporate world, left that, went into this whole self-development circle got caught up in the more Tony Robbins way of lifestyle, Um, ended up in a network marketing company, all these different things, you know, that when you're trying to find yourself, um, Mm -hmm. you run into a lot of different areas. Yeah. And I certainly had a lot of different identities since leaving high school. Um, Eventually, I found one that I thought I was happy with and I was engaged and I was um, building this startup app and i felt like yes this is everything i'm helping people become self-aware it's got this um sort of psychology kind of aspect to it it's really great but yet i'm not really being authentic myself and why is it new year's eve and i'm depressed and i've got this beautiful fiance next to me and i can't enjoy it like appreciate being with her anymore and i was like i I have to do something about this. I have to at least start the conversation with a doctor, and I have to start the conversation with a psychologist. And I need to tell my partner that you know we need. I need to explore this, and the answer could be terrifying. Mm. For me, growing up, I didn't ever see uh, transgender people as someone that I want as someone that I wanted to be like. Mm. Much as I might have been one growing up, and much as I am one, I never um remotely wanted to consider that as an option for me yeah wow. going and having a, a sex change was the scariest concept in my mind
1: hmm.
0: and then by the time i started transitioning and made the decision to go through everything it was like well of course that's who i am it's obvious now hmm. uh, no one ever gave me this flavor i kind of believe i can't believe i was so afraid to try this flavor of ice cream like it's the best flavor and it feels so right. And I could eat it every day and I do eat it every day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the modeling thing kind of was the same thing. It was like, well, why don't you try this flavor? Holy shit, this is awesome. I love this. I love being in front of the camera. I love moving. I love training. I love all the health aspects of it. I love the, the need for self-love and everything. Um, so I have no idea if I answered any of your question, but I've
1: talked, so. <laughs> <laughs> I forget my question, but that was, that was beautiful. And, and um, yeah, I, I think, you know, that the, the fact that, you know, you didn't want to be that, you know, and, and having these thoughts since you were 13, like that's, that's huge and, and in the dark. And I guess, you know, society has, has to be blamed for that in, in a sense where it hasn't really been that normal to do. Um, and think and speak about that sort of things in and and even more plain and simply just how we feel in general is is only slowly changing now about being more okay to do that so um yeah i love that analogy i I think i've I've just written a blog all about them you know having ice cream sort of spill all all down the side of your arm and and i think that you know it sounds like you you found that flavor and i think that's awesome i think that's such a cool way of describing it's like why the why the fuck wasn't I trying this ice cream before, you know?
0: I mean, um I didn't know this is an option.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this scary part of the ice cream yeah. shop.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then I was, but I was always wanted to try it. It was like walking past and like, oh, I wonder what's behind that curtain. Hmm. Yeah. And then eventually I was like, well, I've tried every single ice cream flavor here. Apparently I've got the best one. Apparently it's meant to be the you know the, the bees knees or whatever it's um, i'm on this pathway of having going and getting engaged getting married having children building mm. a startup mm-hmm. this is what everyone's telling me the, the enlightened male should be in 2018 or wherever it was back then mm. uh, why does the taste really sour mm. why is it really mm. good um,
1: yeah and that's
0: and, how it started.
1: and yeah that, I mean, that's that's crazy i think the 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 journey alone must have been really hectic, and and I guess it would have been hard to know where to turn. So what? I guess how did where did you pull your strength to do this stuff? Like how how did you get through? And and I mean that's that's a loaded question. Where you know well that's a lot of years to. to, But I, I guess how do you do it? How do you how did you how do you pull through? How do you feel good now eating that flavor of ice cream every day? Like that would have been. That would have been a long time.
0: Um, I felt just like there was this internal motivation of always feeling like that there was more. Like my life had, a, I guess, a bigger, there was something more to my life. Mm. And I just kept trying all those different flavors to keep using that analogy. Um, and then when I finally got to taste it, it just made sense. And it just clicked, And it then turned out that it was a really great time to be eating that flavour because everyone wants it now. And it's, you know, quite a popular thing to talk about. And it's no longer in the back room kind of behind a curtain. Mm. It's now out in the open. Yeah. So I guess I, to use like my business school kind of education, it's market timing in a very strange way. I've hit, I've hit the world at a very critical point and I've been able to come out when it's considered not as taboo. Yeah. Um, but I'm also kind of grateful that I haven't tried all those different things because I wasn't making the decision based on what other people's expectations were of me anymore. It's like, well, I've done everything that everyone else has told me to do. I've tried all of that. I've done what I thought was right as well. I've done the Tony Robbins manifestation kind of stuff and this is what I think my life should be. But all of that was still just coming from social conditioning. Yeah. So what got me through it was going, this is what my body wants. I can no longer deny this. My mind is telling me this is the dumbest thing you're ever going to do. You're going to wind up alone. No one's going to love you. You're going to be poor. Um, and my body was like, you yeah, know, we don't give a shit. Like, we're doing this. Mm. Like, mm. got to the physical point where I emotionally and physically broke down and had like a panic attack one day. And that was the the start of going, well, I've got to explore this. Mm. And my, um, you know, my doctor and my psychologist, they basically said, look, going on hormones to start with is just a trial. Like if it doesn't work for you, then you can stop. Like there might be some irreversible, you know, changes a little bit, but nothing's really going to happen in two or three months time. Um, And we don't know, like personally, I don't know a lot about the science of what determine someone becoming trans or if they were born trans, I'm not going to go into that. That's not my area of expertise at all. Um, but it was like, once I started taking those hormones, it was like, this feels right. My brain started to see the world the way i had always wanted to see it. Mm. And it was like those taste bud receptors, like finally could taste that ice cream that it was so curious about all those years. Um, so I think what's kept me going yeah. And what kept me going even before I even transitioned was one the feeling that there's something there's something more. Like I'm doing everything that these books are telling me, all these self-development books. There must be something that I'm missing here. And I knew the answer was I wasn't being true to myself. So be true to yourself. And then what starts to happen? Well all of a sudden you get to, I wouldn't say necessarily enjoy life. Because there are certainly moments where it's up and down and there are breakdowns and there's emotions and there's crying and there's all sorts of things, especially when you're on female hormones. Um, but you're at least, you know, you're in the right place. Mm. There's no more, I don't have doubt about um, if I made the right decision. And cool. I don't, I'm not afraid of telling people where I've come from and I'm proud of it because it's, It is my, it's my story. i got to try all those different things. i got to knock on all those doors. I got knocked back. I was confused. I could have given up. Yeah. Um, And I don't really know what kept me going to be honest, other than just an internal feeling of, I think just keep going. Why not? (laughs) I don't know if you can bottle that up, but it just was like an internal drive that something is coming. Mm. I just have to find it or let it find me.
1: Yeah. My body's got like weird tingles all over it. So on the, on yeah. the, on the notion of, of um, the body, I mean, that, a lot of the work that I do is all about our body keeps a score of, yeah. of what, what's going on for us. And it sounds like that part of you is just like, listen to what your body is telling you, please, please, please. And it took. You look at
0: this and you get turned on. That's not your mind. That is a physical reaction. Mm. Explore that. Mm. And then I started exploring it and I got rid of the the sexual component from it and and released the, I guess, the shame of it. Mm. Because a lot of arousal can be caused by shame or anything like that. Um, and And at first I thought that's what it might be. Oh, this is just a weird sexual fetish. All right, I need to explore this with my partner and she allowed me to and then... Because there was no shame attached to it, it lost all of its arousal factor. Mm. It felt comfortable. Mm. And then once I started hormones, that just felt natural. And then the first time I wore, you know, female underwear, it felt like without shame, it felt natural. And then it just kind of I stopped limiting myself in how I was communicating with people, in how I would interact with everyone. I stopped trying to. Limit my mannerisms.
1: Mm.
0: When I was at school, I actually was was you know some of the kids pointed out I was kind of being I was uptight and I was actually being fake. I was forcing my body to not actually do those things, to not sit with my legs crossed, to not talk with my hands, to not be expressive, to not cry. Mm. All these really basic fundamental aspects of my personality I was trying to suppress. Yeah. And then when I started transitioning, I no longer had to suppress those things. Hmm. And now I try to live with that kind of philosophy, which is there are no wrong feelings. There are just wrong actions. Yep. But if you have the same feeling consistently and it's persistent over a long period of time, maybe just see where that's going. Maybe accept it, explore it and see what happens. And that's kind of how I am here
1: yeah well I mean
0: yeah
1: such a beautiful way of talking about it and um you know I mean it's blowing me away but I think that you know being true to yourself and, and and allowing yourself to overcome internally it seems like that was the that was the trick and then once that sort of happened you were able to just go all right I'm going to listen what what, this, what yeah. I've been suppressing for so long, I can do whatever I feel. And, and the more you did that, the more it felt more and more normal. And I think if anyone could do that, even just a little bit more, we, we would have a much better society if people started to listen to themselves and try and accept themselves a little bit more and be true to themselves rather than base everything off a society that's got filled with expectations and um, unrealistic possibilities. So, um yeah! Wow! Incredible. I mean, I can pull the hell out of all of this apart and and tease it all out, but you, you actually you actually explained it so well, and I think um, what a journey is going to keep keep on being. Um, for me, the the thing that I guess I'm really curious about is what, because yeah, it's not as taboo anymore, and I get and I get where you're coming from in that, but there's still. There's still a lot of things, I guess, that you face and I and um and a lot of things that might come. So I guess what what else what have some of the challenges been prior um to transitioning and then now that you transition in 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 relation to your mental health and, and the way you connect with others?
0: Um I think changing in relation to like the beginning before transitioning, yeah had a very negative outlook on who and what and why a trans person was what they were and why they were the way they were and how they were and how they interacted with the world and that was just purely because of a lack of education Sure. Um, not necessarily i'm not going to say society's fault for not doing that but i also wasn't curious i wasn't interested i i didn't want to know Mm. i i think there was part of me that didn't go exploring the actual nuances of transitioning even at those early stages because I was afraid that what I would find would actually make it possible to do so. So Mm. I stayed in a very dark space on the the web, basically, where I got to see the worst of the public portrayal or the private portrayal of that particular of my community, I guess. Yeah. Because it allowed me to keep it as this dark, weird, fetish, fetishized secret, basically. Right. Then when I finally accepted it, And I started actually transitioning, it it was very simple. It was go to a doctor, talk to a psychologist, they've done it before, they've been doing it for decades, and I kept my eyes on the actual process rather than all the social or the media perspective of it. Mm. Instead of worrying about, you know, I'm probably one of the worst people to talk about um, what it's like to be part of the trans community because I'm not really part of the trans community. I just happen to be trans. But I certainly, I have friends and we have a very similar perspective, but I'm not necessarily going around and marching and I'm not talking and I'm not advocating publicly yet. Um, I just tell my story. That's kind of how it operates. I've lived the experience. I don't need to necessarily talk about other people's experiences. Sure. Maybe one day when I've got some more notoriety and you know that comes then maybe but for now i've tried to keep my head down and just focus on my own individual journey and keep following those um body-based feeling impulses over time and just keep following that thread and seeing where it goes Mm -hmm. um i've forgotten the question
1: well, that sort of sums up a lot of the the prior, and I guess um, getting to getting to know it and live what what you what you're going through. But I guess now that you you know you are transitioned I know you had, you you said what you said about having your head down and just keeping on keeping on. Um, but what is it like interacting with with others now? Like, is is, oh, is okay. there...
0: uh, I'm very upfront with it. I'm very upfront with it. Um, I think there was a very there's a period of time. Where when I started transitioning, I was very open about it because I'm like, okay, well, clearly I don't look like a female yet at all, but mm. I want people to treat me like that. The only way they're going to treat me like that is if I tell them that that's how I want to be treated. So that was kind of my wow.
1: original approach. Awesome.
0: I, I was very, and I didn't, I didn't go out and um, overly dress myself. I just wore skinny jeans and baggy t-shirts and I just looked very androgynous. But I didn't tell people that I was androgynous. I just said, oh, no, I'm transitioning. And then I kind of told them my story. And I'm fortunate enough that I've been through enough, of, enough stuff in my past that my story has some relevant, you know, it's kind of interesting to people. So it kind of got them on board in a yeah. very strange way. I think I'm recruiting people to understand what a trans person is to a degree um, for the last three or four years. So that's how it started. Then there was a period of about a year and a half where I was still kind of, I was passing to use that kind of term where people wouldn't necessarily guess, maybe they would have like inclinations. Maybe I would, my voice might've been too deep at the time or I might've had too stronger back hook or something like that when I was boxing and they might kind of guess, um, but I wouldn't necessarily tell them. Hmm. And then I, A friend of mine, um, I did this photo shoot last year and she works in branding and marketing for, you know, sort of fashion, luxury kind of brands, that sort of area. And she's like, look, if I took you to a party and you spent the whole night there talking to people, but you left and no one knew your story, would you be disappointed? And there was just something in the way that she framed it that made me go, well, yeah, I would be. Because I've only been living as a female for like, what, three years. I have this whole story of how I got to where I am, of the journey of transitioning that I'm actually proud of. And the way she framed it made me think, well, why do I need to hide this from people anymore? Why am I just completely out there and open about it and, That's kind of changed a lot about how we position myself in the modeling world. Um, We don't pretend that I'm not. We just go like, no, Shay is a transgender model. Deal with it. You're either on board or you're not on board. Um, Every single person I interact with knows my story. Um, Unless they're a barista at the coffee shop who I don't really have a conversation with at this stage. But my boxing coach knows, my Pilates instructors know. I don't feel like there's any need to hide it because I'm not ashamed of it. Mm. And that's not to say that it's not anyone's business. It's not like, oh, they shouldn't ask those questions. They're not asking. I'm telling them. That's my choice.
1: Yeah. You've, you've said you've said shame a couple of times, and I think, you know, shame is something that lingers around and, and comes back and bites us in the ass all the time. It's, it's real annoying, but it sounds like you – you really have have, have learned, and I guess really showing that you can manage that and overcome that in in different areas of your life, and that's so hard to do. And you 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 the way you speak about it makes it sound like you know you're okay with where it is and, and where it's at, and that's that's awesome. I think that's really a huge accomplishment for whatever your story is, for whoever you are.
0: I think a lot of the time we get these moments of insights into what we're ashamed of and what we're afraid of and they're actually the areas that we're meant to go towards in our life because more often than not they're going to make you unique yeah and what makes us unique is kind of what i think brings us the most joy Mm. and you know sense of fulfillment
1: Mm. definitely something that i preach a lot is you know when shame and fear comes up is to do whatever was going on anyway, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and see what happens because, you know, you're a perfect example of how much you can grasp and get out of doing that and and facing it anyway. So um, really cool. And yeah, so many, so many little gems. I think my, I always say this, a lot, I like to move more and more into the video <laughs> listening, um, but yeah, it's, it's it's been so so nice hearing everything so far. So I guess um, a little sidestep, yeah. Shay, um, is what, and I know you sort of don't speak for the the trans community, and and it probably just get, getting your perspective on it. But like, is there is there do's and don'ts? Is there do's and don'ts for talking to to trans people? Is there things that are like, oh no, you can't, you can't, you can't tell that, you can't say that, or is it? You know, is 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 that a, even even talking about this? Is that something that's like, oh, whatever? We are actually pretty cool and laid back. Who cares? Stop asking.
0: I think to assume that all trans people are the same—that is probably the biggest mistake. Yeah. Um. So I certainly can't speak for everyone. Everyone has their own level of comfort. I think I partially use that very upfront um, approach with people as a defense mechanism. It's Mm -hmm. actually a safe thing that I do. It's so that if they have any lingering doubts, I am automatically overcoming them and going, no, no, no. I I know that, you know, right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a, a, and I'm sure a psychologist could look into that and go, you're actually being defensive and it's not your, you don't have to tell them, but I find that it actually does work in my favor a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. at least so far. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't know about any do's and don'ts other than let the person tell you as much as they want to tell you Mm. create a safe space that allows them to know that if they say something, it won't be met with resistance and will be met with compassion and not necessarily understanding from the get go, because that's, it's a completely different topic for a lot of people. And if you've never been, um, around it and have been uh, was the word, exposed to it Then mm-hmm. how are you how to talk about it mm. i think there's a lot of talk at the moment about that exact question how do other people interact with trans people and how do other people interact with other lgbt people and you know members and i would always just want to talk to the trans people and go like guys it's on us we are the ones who have to do the talking it's not the other way around. We do not have to educate you guys. We have to educate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Seems like everyone's like, oh, how do I talk to someone? You talk to them like they're a human being, firstly, but so should the trans person. Mm. And the trans person and, you know, or the, the gender diverse person or whatever, they should feel comfortable in telling their story in the same way that anyone should feel comfortable telling their story. Um, And I think if we're afraid to tell our stories it's because we're ashamed of them. Mm. And so for me personally, it's, it's everyone's responsibility, but I have more of of an experience in learning how to be the one who goes onto the front Mm -hmm. foot and not make, not make a deal of it. And I think the way that I've approached it and going, yeah, hi, you know, my name's Shay, I'm a transgender model, just straight up in an email, goes like I'm not ashamed of this. Yeah. Talk about it. There are no taboos. Don't, nothing's off the you want to know something, ask away. Um I'm not going to get into the whole, you know, what pronouns to use or anything like that. Like again, someone's choice is someone's choice. So if you can create a space or if you have a relationship with someone with and you've taught them through your behavior over a period of time that it's safe to open up mm. then that will make that person feel comfortable yeah but it shouldn't matter if they're talking about their gender identity or their sexual orientation or what they want to do for a career if it's not a safe space for that person to open up then they're never going to talk to you
1: mm. Mm. yeah good point i think that you know what you said before and you know, you've touched on it again is it's so individualized you know and your story can be very different to somebody else's story. So the. And I other- hope it is. Yeah. I hope it is.
0: I hope I'm not following some rule book.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I
0: followed, I followed, you know, the rule book of how to be a male in 2018 and how to do this. And it didn't bring me any fulfillment. Mm, mm, mm. Whereas now I, do, I follow the rule book of Shay of to be cliched. Um, <laughs> and it just, it's just my manual for life. Like it's it's my personal way of living and it works for me. And I'm not gonna tell you that it's gonna work for everyone else because that's their own journey to discover.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah. I think you know, the, that that key takeaway is, you know, approach someone with uh, awareness and and mindfulness that they're gonna have their own story and you're if you wanna know about it, go in with that curiosity to 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 listen. Um, and it sounds like that the experiences you've had are, are driven by that. It's like, here I am, this is what I'm going to tell you. Well, let's, let's go from there. Um, and yeah, and, and, and again, and I think that's, that's so important when we look at any, any sort of minority, or any sort of different group or whatever it might be is, is within that group, there's all these individuals and to put any sort of label or any sort of um stereotype or anything together is actually you know completely nonsense rather than figuring out well how how do they experience it and i like what you said where it's just like ask them or they'll tell you and you know that that part it's like you don't you don't ask you don't get but if you don't tell them you're going to get treated the way you, you haven't said yeah. that and
0: i think and that's much advice I th- if anyone in your audience is listening who is part of that part of the community, it is, it is up to us. Like we get to tell you guys as much as we want. Yeah. But also we need to respect that you guys might not want to know.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. And not everyone gives a shit and not everyone yeah. cares, but then there are some people who are like, oh my God, tell me everything. I've never met someone like you. Like I want to know everything. Yeah. And you're like, wait, hey, I have an audience <laughs> for the day.
1: Yeah, cool. a of times
0: it's like. Yeah, cool. Whatever. Like my daughter's trans. And you're like, okay, cool. Like it doesn't matter. Everyone's got their own story. And
1: yeah. All right. I think, I think that in a weird way really does actually answer my question. What are the do's and don'ts? It's like, well, just, you know, read a book, you know, do some research or talk to the person. Um, You know, I think I Googled before I, I you know, I met with you and he was like, what are the do's and don'ts, you know, giving me some hot tips. And I'm like reading through I'm like, what how can I get anything out of this I'll ask Shay what do's and don'ts for her that's it then I'll have to get every single other trans person on the podcast to ask them you know so I'm
0: pretty clear about how I would want people to address my pronouns it's pretty obvious the Mm. way I present myself and things like that so yeah like it's little things like that that will annoy people Mm. but again I think that's up to the particular individual to
1: make it clear yeah how you how you choose to communicate um yeah so i think i think the one that i came up that came up a few times um and it'd be cool to get your perspective on this is what about um you know your previous name where does that sit yeah cool you just talk about it
0: Or like when people ask me like what was my name.
1: Yeah, like is that a do or don't? Or is that something that's like, oh no, I don't want to talk about that or
0: I think just read the room. I think it's not like asking someone, you know, how much money do you make? But if the context is that kind of casual, then you can definitely ask it. I I always tell people my old name is John. Yeah. I couldn't care less. Okay. I find it funny that I'm John the accountant. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm Shay the fashion model. Like they're a little bit worlds apart.
1: Well, like you said, and I think this is the best part of what you shared was you—you you found your way by trying in the dark, just trying till you found what light, what what brought you light, and now you've you know you've you feel good, and you feel happy, and I think that's literally all that matters. Do whatever you fucking want, <laughs> like just find that ice cream you want to eat.
0: For the consequences. I think yeah. I'm clearly not someone that just advocates, you know, just do what you want and like everyone should love you. Like, no, do what you want. And 99 percent of people might hate you or might yeah. not respect you. But yeah. Yeah. if you're doing what you want, then that's really all that matters. And you should be comfortable in those decisions and those choices, and people around you should support that choice. It doesn't mean they have to agree with it.
1: Absolutely. I think I think when when we talk about you know do what do what you want means you got to be willing to do the work. You got to be willing to listen to your body and be able to challenge your, you know, your shame or your your negative thought that might disagree with you. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: do what you want if you if you're ready to, you know, start kicking those goals and and face whatever challenge that brings. But you know, your journey, you've been able to do that until you found what what fits for you, which is all that matters. (laughs) So you are human, at the end of the day, and and like you said, life life's going to throw challenges at you. You might feel amazing now, but obviously, you know we're we're still human. We still have days at are high. We still have things that are, are going to happen to us. So, what what's on? What are those non-negotiables for you and self-care that you need to have in your life to keep yourself well?
0: Um, physical movement definitely has become such an integral part for me. Um, especially in this kind of industry where you can get really easily caught up in just trying to starve yourself yeah, to look a certain way. And that hasn't worked for me. My body does not allow me to not eat. So I've had to go, right, well, if we're going to eat and we're going to enjoy our food, we're going to work out quite intensely. And I've come to really love it. I, yeah it's i guess my kind of level of addiction is certainly working out um but working out with certain types of people so different pts for me and having that social connection as well yeah um with them and getting to know their stories and respecting what they've learned in their journeys and their their craft uh meditation i've been meditating pretty much i would say i don't want to say on and off because that doesn't sound consistent enough but there've definitely been days where i haven't done it but very regularly since 2013 so about what's that seven eight years mm-hmm. um coming up to my 365th day on headspace in a row which is a nice little milestone very cool. very cool. before. so i've had that just sitting there like for those last five years but to get to 365 days in a row is pretty cool um very. so yeah that is definitely one um Eating correctly. So for me, I'm plant-based and that's very, yeah, that just works for my body and for me and trusting my processes, I guess. So I've done a lot of, I'm an experimenter. I'd like to make, you know, trial and error. That's how I found out who I was and it's how I continue to hone and fine tune who I am. Yeah. Um, So yeah, working out, eating and meditating, they're my main ones. And then having my my manager, my mother agent, Jenny. Um, she has just been this absolute compassionate um, individual and warming person who's come into my life and believed in me when I haven't believed in myself sometimes. Um, and, yeah, she really has become like a mother to me
1: right so right. I think
0: finding finding your tribe to use that kind of cliche is really important mm. but you only find your tribe if you're up front with who you are at the outset because I had tribes in the past I had groups of people who connected with me but if I was being fake then weren't those relationships kind of fake because mm. they're a, a fake version
1: what a what a nice way to end, man! I think that's just like that's such a nice sentiment, and I love that sort of thing. Is is if you if you want your people, you want to connect. Is is you got to be able to connect with yourself, and you got to be able to be genuine and authentic. And yeah, I think that's so powerful and clearly true for you. And you know, I feel very connected to you, and and because you speak authentically, and that's. Um, that's all you can ask for yourself, I guess. So, one last question. Now, some people aren't readers, so I sort of add add to this now. But what would what would a go to book for you be? Book podcast?
0: Um, yeah, song, there's a few. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle was kind of what got me going. Cool. Just a good one. Being present in the moment. That was the one that woke me up. That was back in, at uni. Yeah. I remember just walking around one day on campus and being like, holy shit, look at that tree. Mm. I got to see it for the first time. and I was like, actually, yeah. So that was definitely the first one. But then that kind of took a bit more of a spiritual detour in my life where I wouldn't necessarily recommend going beyond there. Um, <laughs> Alan Watts is one of my favourite um, Eastern philosophy kind of yep. lecturers. So um, Your It is an audio book by him that I've listened to probably five or six times, if not more, probably thousands of, yeah.
1: Your um,
0: It. Yeah, so Your It talks goes into depth about these different, well, it's different lectures, but basically looking at Eastern philosophy, Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, and trying to apply those philosophical principles um, to the Western world. So, they're my main two. Um, right. Anything by anything by Alain de as well. School of Life guy.
1: Well, I mean, maybe one day you write your own book, and I think that would be pretty, a pretty awesome thing to read with the with the knowledge and the and the wisdom that you have. I have never been speechless on this podcast and that's the last thing that you want to happen because <laughs> it's a talking show but you've, you've literally made me speechless like a few times um, today shay and yeah i guess that speaks to to how much of an honor it is to have you on here um how can people get in contact with you um how can people follow your story or even book you for the awesome modeling that you started um easiest way is
0: just instagram um, Shay Hartwell model is
1: cool. my one word or website is shayhartwell.com. All So I will put all this stuff up on the website. And uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch, you can definitely do that. Um, cool. Well, I, I'm, I'm super keen to keep hearing about your story. And again, it's such an honor to have you on today, Shay. And all the best. Keep kicking and goals.
0: Thank you very much, Jackson. It's been lovely talking with you. And yeah, we'll talk soon. Do
1: you want to find out more about how therapy can help you kick some goals, Go check out findreasontherapy.com.au or the Fine Reason Therapy Instagram page.